Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I'm Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, I thank you for joining us. May God bless you through these words you are about to hear, and may you know God's eternal and unstoppable love for you through them. Now, on to the podcast. The Old Testament lesson comes from Nehemiah chapter 8. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Our gospel lesson is from Gospel of Luke. This is soon after Jesus' baptism. He goes back to his hometown. And so hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of Luke's gospel. And Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And he ends the lesson, and thanks be to God. The book of Nehemiah, not one that shows up uh, too often, but the, the, whole, the whole book of Nehemiah and Ezra and Nehemiah go together, uh, tells us the story of the Jewish people's return to Jerusalem after their time in exile. Uh, and may, hopefully those of you that were here 
last summer when I talked about the prophets and a lot of Israelite history, remember that Babylon invaded Judah, which is where uh, Jerusalem was at the time, that in the early 6th century B.C., Babylon invaded Judah and invaded into Jerusalem and destroyed the temple completely, tore the temple down, looted it, took everything out of it, tore down even the walls, uh, and did a lot of damage in Jerusalem and sent a lot of the Jewish people into exile. Or they spent a good amount of time. That was, uh, I think, five... I didn't write it down, but I'm thinking it was like right around 590 B.C., 586, 587, uh, that Jerusalem was sacked. And while the Jewish people were in exile in Babylon and some other places, uh, the new emperor showed up in Persia. The Persian emperor Cyrus took over Babylon uh, in 539, and he allowed the Jewish exiles to go home, to go back to Jerusalem, and a lot of them did. Not all of them. Some had found a kind of a nice, comfortable life where they were. But a lot of a lot of people returned to Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the temple. They finished rebuilding it, uh, had that rebuilt by 515, and that's the temple that Jesus would have known uh, in Jerusalem, and the one that the Romans would destroy uh, soon after Jesus' resurrection. Uh, and Cyrus also gave to the Jewish people, when he said you can go back to your homeland, he also gave them some governorship over their own territory. They were still a province, so they weren't really fully their own country, but they had the province of Judea. And that province also stayed even through Jesus' time, although it was under Rome by that point. And then there was a new king, Artaxerxes, that also gave the Jewish people more, more autonomy by declaring to them, he said, you know, you are the people of the law, the Mosaic law, the covenant given to Moses on the mountain. He said, that's who you people are. You need to rule your country that way. I want you to also bring back your religion uh, and have that uh, fulfill your, uh, the way that you do government. Uh, and so as we read in that Nehemiah passage, the beginning of this new period when the emperor is telling them you need to remember your law, you need to remember who you are and live by that. Uh, and so this new period of the Jews being a country like they had used to be or had been, uh, their first act was to read the law, to read the law again, to read the covenant, the covenant that bound them as people and the covenant that bound them as God's people, to remind them who they are, especially since they were a number of generations removed from any time when that had been a significant part of their life. And from anyone having lived that way, they read the covenant. And we can date this, at least according to my Harper's Study Bible. We know that the reading of the law that we read in Nehemiah was, uh, was during the Festival of Booth, so it puts it sometime during the month of September in the year 458 B.C., the story that we read in Nehemiah. They read the covenant. They came back as a people, read the covenant. And that's still part of Jewish tradition to reread the covenant, and it's part of our tradition. Today is our annual meeting. We gather as the church to be about who we are uh, as, as this fellowship, as this congregation, and we will read our covenant again together. 
during that meeting and read it to remind us who we are and how we live together as Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ. That's an important thing to do, to remember who we are. And I don't know who wrote our, our covenant, and when I got around to writing this, uh, it was kind of too late at night to be calling people, but do you, was that you and Carol Knight? Carol Knight? Okay. Was Bob Gessling. Bob Gessling. Okay. Yeah. I, it's, it's a neat covenant that, uh, that they wrote. Then they wrote it when the, built this uh, the new building here on uh, Moholt Drive. And it leads, if you read through the covenant, it kind of leads us on a journey. Uh, as we go through it, I'm going to talk about it. The first line says, We, the members of Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ, covenant to journey in faith with Jesus Christ back to the loving mystery of God. That's our first line. And our first point of the covenant here is that our first covenant is with Jesus. We covenant with one another to journey with Jesus. To journey with Jesus. And a journey that goes somewhere. And I like how they phrase this, to go back to the loving mystery of God. Back to the loving mystery of God. I've not heard that kind of phrase before about going back to God. But I read it as an implication that maybe you know, we have strayed from God. And so part of that journey is to go back, to be back with, with Jesus, to be who we are supposed to be, but also that we have strayed from the mystery of, of God. I read this in two ways, that it's not just that we've strayed from what God wants us to do, but we've also, in a sense, strayed from the the mystery of God. Try to box God in, maybe. We've tried to say, oh, God is this and only this, or God is that and only that. Try too much, uh, especially our, we as post-enlightenment rational people, we we like things to be neat, and in order, and tidy, and to be understandable. Uh, but God is not a, a puzzle to be solved, and when we come, become attached to our answers uh, or ideas, then we have, in a sense, strayed from the mystery of God, of, getting, of letting God be God, this God who is creative and is always doing new things, recreating, regenerating. And how do we find our way back to the loving mystery of God? Our church covenant spells that out as well. It's lived out in the next sections. Participation in worship life, where we seek guidance, inspiration, and leadership for discipleship. We come to worship to learn how to be disciples, and that's what the journey is, is to be a disciple. We live it out by being in relation with the other members, by affirming each person's perspectives, and understandings, we learn from one another. That is a long part of our tradition going back to the, uh, you know, the pilgrims and the Puritans that were not a, a top-down church with the pastor or the priest saying this is what we believe, but it's all of us reading scripture together saying this is what I see in it, what you see in it, uh, and being in dialogue, talking with one another, helping each other on our journeys. We live out this journey back to the mystery of uh, the loving mystery of God by accepting responsibilities of membership, by encouragement of our family life, uh, 
care for our elderly, by being imaginative and hopeful, also very important for the Christian vocation and participation in the mission of the whole church, not just our congregation, but our denomination, as well as the church universal. We are part of Christ's church in the world. And the covenant doesn't spell out what that mission is, what the mission of the church is. And that mission has found many expressions in this congregation in the 127 or whatever years that it's been around and has found a number of different expressions even since we moved here in 1995 when the covenant was written and our, the mission of our denomination is changes at times, or at least how it gets to how things get done or what gets focused on as times change and as uh, you know, people come in and out and, and their passions and their spiritual gifts also have something to say with what kind of mission a specific congregation does or even what a, a denomination does. So the focus and the types of ministry will change, but the overall mission stays constant. Uh, and that's what Jesus gives us in, in today's gospel text, what he read from Isaiah. You know, this is the first thing he reads to the public to kind of say, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be about. This is what to expect from me. He reads from Isaiah. To bring good news to the poor. To proclaim release to the captives. To bring recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There are many ways to live that out, but that's the overarching mission. And as we come into a, a new year, let us continue to keep that mission ahead of us as we journey back to the loving mystery of God as Plymouth Church. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Also, please check our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services, as well as links to join our Facebook page, subscribe to our Twitter feed and our podcast, and to leave comments. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, I am Rev. David Huber. Thank you for spending this time with us, and God bless.